Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. Money Mile is where we help active, time-crunched people increase confidence in their finances while increasing their fitness. We focus our education towards helping active people looking forward to an active and phased financial independence and who are ultimately interested in leaving a meaningful legacy. We package financial education into roughly mile-sized educational bits for approximately one mile on your long, steady run, and we strive to make each episode valuable for you. This is the best financial education podcast designed for triathletes and runners. In our last episode, we had a conversation with certified public accountant or CPA, Stephen Jarvis. We hope that conversation was valuable and entertaining for you. In today's episode, we are going to finish up the tax planning portion of your financial training plan at the long course level. This is similar to the technique or efficiency work that is done in a triathlon training plan. We want to make sure your tax strategy is well designed to help you keep more of your resources throughout your lifetime. My goal today is to give you some practical concepts to consider so you can improve the efficiency of your financial plan. Back in episode 31, we looked at tax planning through the metaphor of a mythical triathlon course. We were trying to figure out if you were paying more of your taxes now or more of your taxes later in life, or if you have a balanced approach. And in the last episode with Stephen Jarvis, we discussed minimizing your lifetime tax bill at length. We talked about ways to save money in taxes that are not going to land you in jail. So to get a sense of this, we can first look at how much did you pay in taxes last year? So how much did you actually pay in taxes? No, not the size of the payment you made last April or October, or if you got a refund, but how much of your money did the IRS actually keep last year? Stephen, in our last episode, pointed us to line 24 on the 2022 IRS tax form 1040. This will tell you how much of your money the IRS kept last year, and that is the amount for one year. Many of the people I work with are concerned that their tax bills are going to be increasing in the future, and very few people have ever expressed a concern that they think their tax bills are going to go down and want to pay more. We have talked before about the benefits of living an active lifestyle and that while it is not a guarantee of longevity, the odds are in your favor of living a longer life as an active person. So let's take a step back and think about this for a moment. If you are 45 now, it is possible that you will be paying income taxes for the next 45 to 55 years or even longer. We just identified how much you paid in taxes in your last year by looking at line 24. That amount might seem like a lot to you or it might seem like a small amount. Now, I would like for you to multiply that amount by 45 or 55, your remaining years to pay taxes. Whatever number you started with, the number you are now looking at is an estimate of your lifetime tax bill unless you do something different. So let's walk through an example. If you've been listening for any length of time, you know that all of my examples are with Harry and Jenny. Let's say Harry and Jenny are a married couple earning $160,000 a year and both are 45 years old. Without a lot of other gyrations, Harry and Jenny could easily find themselves paying $20,000 in federal income tax for the year. Harry might look at that and say, well, that is last year and I can't do anything about that, which is technically true in most cases. But if we add in a bit of perspective and consider the next 45 years that they will be paying taxes, the total taxes paid over the next 45 years 
grows to $900,000. I fully appreciate that you might not be super pumped up about cutting a few hundred or even a couple of thousand dollars off of a $20,000 tax bill for a particular year. But if you think about this systematically and doing it for over 45 years, as Stephen puts it, sanding off the rough edges of your tax bill for the next 45 years, reducing that $900,000 tax bill as much as you can might become a little bit more important. In Stephen's book, Don't Get Killed on Taxes, he shares six common myths about taxes. The first is that taxes are a fact, and I have no control over how much I pay. Second, Paying more in taxes is what I should do. Third, as long as I get a refund, I've won. Fourth, I use tax preparation software, so I'm all set. Fifth, I have a tax preparer, so I'm all set. And sixth, taking taxes one year at a time is enough, especially because I know my taxes will go down in retirement. We could probably do an entire episode on each one of these myths, but for the sake of our conversation today, if you identified with any of those myths, a more strategic look at your income tax plan is probably warranted. There are two other primary pieces I would like for you to consider in this episode. The first piece to be aware of is what I call shadow taxes. According to the IRS, they are not directly taxes, but let's go over two of them briefly and you can decide if you think they're actually taxes. The first shadow tax is the Social Security Inclusion Ratio. If your taxable income is low enough, your Social Security can actually be tax-free in retirement. In reality, I don't see it that often because if you have significant other income sources like pensions, traditional IRA, or traditional employer-sponsored retirement plans that you draw from each year, the taxable income means that more of your Social Security income becomes taxed. As I am recording this episode, 85% is the highest percentage of your Social Security that will be included in your taxable income. So you'll always have some of it as a tax-free income, but 85% of it being taxable is a lot of taxable income. The second shadow tax is the income-related monthly adjustment amount. I realize that's a mouthful, uh, so we have an acronym for that, and we call it IRMA, uh, sometimes referred to as Aunt Irma. When Aunt Irma comes to visit, your Medicare becomes more expensive. I'll explain a little bit more about how that works. Now, this monthly adjustment amount essentially means that when you are receiving Medicare, if your income is high enough, they will charge you more for your Medicare benefits. There are currently five tiers of additional charges, and these tiers range from an additional $70 per person per month to $419 per person per month. I have been told several times that this is not a tax. But when your Medicare costs you more because you have other income elsewhere, it certainly feels a lot like a tax to me. The last concept for today is the taxation of your current assets. When you think about your current portfolio, your 401k or your 403b, your traditional IRA, do you think about those assets as before tax or after tax? If you have looked at your assets and you have $1 million in your portfolio, but it is all in traditional 401k or traditional IRAs, whether you know it or not, you have a silent partner in that investment account. That silent partner doesn't help you grow it, and quite frankly, they don't care if the investments go up or down in value. They just know that when you take the money out of those accounts, they will get a piece of it. This silent partner is the IRS. 
when you take money out of these traditional type accounts, you are going to have to pay taxes on them. This is also very often the case with pensions. There are very few exceptions to the rule about pensions, but if you are planning on receiving a pension in retirement, you also need to remember that you are likely going to have to pay taxes on the pension. I was speaking with a lovely young lady several weeks back, and she was earning $9,000 a month gross from her work. Now, her take-home pay on her actual paycheck was approximately $6,000. That's how much was being deposited into her bank account every month. When she received her pension estimate, which said that she was going to get approximately $6,000 per month from her pension, she thought she was in great shape and could retire very soon. Unfortunately, I had to explain to her that that $6,000 pension payment was still going to be taxable. While she was not super excited about the news I had to share with her, I am very glad that we had the opportunity to talk before she retired, because that could have been really ugly otherwise. And just in case you were curious and you still have your 1040 out, you can look at lines 5A and B on your 1040 and see that pensions are indeed included on your tax return. Additionally, your silent partner, the IRS, is not so patiently waiting for their piece of these investment accounts. When you reach a certain age, you are going to be forced to take money out of these accounts whether you like it or not. The IRS doesn't even really care if you spend the money. They just want you to take the money out and pay taxes on it. What you do with it after that is up to you. This is called a Required Minimum Distribution, or RMD. If your RMD is less than what you are taking out for living expenses and fun stuff, then it's not really a big deal. When the IRS requires you to take money out of your account you have used for years and it is money you don't need, you can always invest it elsewhere, but having to pay taxes on money you don't need can be very frustrating. If you have investments in these types of accounts, it is often a good idea to project what your required minimum distributions are going to be and determine if that's going to be a problem for you down the road. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we are going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. The homework is to estimate your lifetime tax bill. Look at your line 24 or your total tax line on your last federal 1040. Estimate how many more years you are likely going to be paying taxes and multiply your last tax year by the number of years left. Once you see that number, you can decide if you think you should be paying more attention to the efficiency of your financial plan. I hope this was a valuable investment of your time. Your life should be better because you join us here. If you have specific financial questions you would like us to address, please let us know by emailing us at info at wallerfc.com. If you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you next time on Money Mile. But before you go, wait, what is that up ahead? It's the disclaimers and they're headed straight for you. Please use one earbud at a time and be aware of your surroundings. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Money Mile is powered by Waller Financial Coaching, a California state registered investment advisor. And all information here is for educational purposes only and should not be considered financial, legal, tax, or even training advice. We believe this is accurate based on when we are recording, but things change. It has been said the tax law is written in pencil. Please consult your doctor to find out if Money Mile is right for you. Take care.